before the quake, leaving New Moon the sum of her parents' hopes and dreams. New Moon was killed by falling masonry when her school collapsed. Ten days after her death, her grieving parents started thinking of trying for another child. Zhu was fifty, his wife forty-five. They were worried it was already too late, but the thought of a childless old age was unbearable. Three weeks later, Zhu, having scraped together enough money for the procedure, went under the knife. There wasn't enough money left for Mrs. Zhu to consult a doctor about her fertility chances. Sichuan is one of the few places in China where sterilizations were largely done on men. In most other parts, chauvinism prevails, so it's mostly women who are sterilized, even though doing it on men is easier, faster, and less likely to result in complications. A village head in Shanxi told me rather grandly that he was the first to be sterilized in his village. I did it to set a good example, he said. Further questioning revealed it was actually his wife who'd had the procedure. It was me. He'd never have a knife near his male parts, she sniffed. Why was Sichuan an outlier? Largely because of the efforts of a Chongqing doctor called Li Shunqiang. In 1974, Dr. Li pioneered a surgical technique for vasectomies that is still widely used in many countries. Called the no-scalpel vasectomy, it involves using a clamp to puncture the scrotum instead of the traditional method of making an incision. An American anthropologist who'd seen it done in 1981 in Chongqing described it to me thus, You take a crochet hook, stick it into the scrotal sac, wiggle it about. It's very quick, about five minutes. So swift and easy was the procedure, it was sometimes performed in Sichuan's public spaces as an advertisement for family planning. The wide use of the sterilization technique played a major role in making Sichuan the model province for family planning. The talented Dr. Li went on to head Chongqing's Family Planning Research Institute and later retired as a senior family planning official. Zhu, who'd had this procedure done years before, was fortunate because doctors were able to successfully reverse the effects. The fertility clinic that had performed the procedure put me in touch with him. I asked a staff member there if they specialized in doing vasectomy reversals. Her answer was a swift and emphatic no. There was no money in it. Their clientele were yuppies, many experiencing infertility because of delayed childbearing, like me. They had many cases of clients having difficulties conceiving, having scarred their tubes through multiple abortions. This was an unexpected byproduct of the one-child policy, because many use abortion as a form of birth control. For a nation so open about controlling one of the after-effects of sex, the Chinese were surprisingly prudish when it came to teaching youngsters about the birds and the bees. Fewer than one percent of China's schools provide sex education. The one-child policy regulated births on the assumption that all this procreation was going on between married couples. There was little leeway for underage pregnancy or unmarried mothers or women who'd simply gotten pregnant before the official waiting period elapsed. If it didn't fit the rules, the policy's answer was almost always pay or abort. I remember once consoling a friend who discovered that her husband, who had been her college sweetheart, was cheating on her. They hadn't been married long. To think I had three abortions because of him, she wailed. So much of childbearing is a question of timing. With rising infertility, timing became even more crucial. 
you had to be rich or lucky to battle the forces of time. Zhu certainly wasn't rich. Would he be lucky? I went to meet him in his hometown of Shuanglin, a remote village in an area famed for the towering Lushan Buddha, the world's largest Buddha face. It is carved into a stone cliff overlooking the churning Dadu River. Built in the 8th century, the serene-looking deity had been miraculously undamaged by the quake, although pollution caused by rapid economic growth had blackened his nose. It also caused the stone curls of his hair to droop. Driving to Zhu's home, I saw plenty of examples of one-child propaganda. One mural showed a launching rocket and a handsome family trio, mother, father, and child of indeterminate gender, with the slogan, Late Marriage, Late Childbirth Benefit Both Country and People. Another read, Fewer Births, Swifter Prosperity.